The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Radiate Wellness Podcast with your host, metaphysician, Reiki master, and hypnotherapist, Christy Clemens Hoffman. Each week, we will discover teachings, tips, and tools to radiate your best life ever with practitioners, authors, and luminaries to help you on your path. Wellness, joy, peace, abundance. What do you want to radiate? Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast, where today we radiate spiritual liberation with Wayne Salmon, who is an American expat in Ireland and the author of The Journey Across Forever, a magical provocative odyssey across the ages, around the world, and into the great beyond. Salmon is a philosopher and metaphysician who has traveled the globe. He has deeply studied the roots of humanity's many religious and spiritual traditions and numerous secret societies. This is going to be fun. Hello, Wayne. Hello, Christy. How are you today? (laughs) Good. Thank you. Good. Thank you. You're looking radiant, may I say. (laughs) Take that. Thank you. (laughs) I love the title, uh, Radiate Wellness. That's excellent. It's a good attitude to have. You know, it really is very evocative of what we want to exude in life, what we want to present to others in life. And it's a big umbrella that lets us talk about many, many different topics. So I'm excited about this because your publicist, who's a lovely, lovely person and a dear friend, pitched this as a magical mystery ride through the prism of history, searching for the answers to humanity's highest dreams. Oh, my gosh. This sounds exciting. You've got a wonderful blurb from Whitley Strieber, who is the author of... Indeed. Have you met Whitley? I have not met him personally, no. I hope to one day, but I've been in contact with him, and he offered those words, so... That's so kind. Feel free to read it, if you wish. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So, The Journey Across Forever, A Provocative Odyssey... This is exciting. So, and it's fairly based on the UAPs that you saw at ages 11 and 14. Yes, that kind of kicked things off all right. What did that do? What did that change? Well, I started having flying dreams at a very young age, even before those ages. And it seemed like 
as the years went on, I got better and better at flying in my dreams, but they always intrigued me. And one day I was out front of our house playing ball with my brother. And it was the middle of the day, a very sunny day in Ohio, not a cloud in the sky, when over the roof of our home came this round flying disc. And it was so low in the sky, it was, I could have almost thrown the baseball at it and hit it. Oh my God. Uh, it was so low, but it was an unusual craft in that it was saucer shaped, yes, and metallic and silent, but it was more like a shuttlecraft. And there was a railing, or it was like a flat platform with a railing around it. And there was a man and a woman standing at the back watching, I guess, where they had been instead of looking forward. And we waved up at them and they waved down at us. And then they flew on. And I had no idea how rare this event was or what an anomaly it was, you know, at the time. It was many years later that I realized, why have I not seen another one of these? And now decades and decades later, I still haven't seen one like it. And so it was quite inspirational in retrospect. And I've since come to decide that it, these were probably humanoids because it was an out-of-this-world experience. Like, it was such a unique experience. Did they look like humans and dress like humans? Yeah, it. I liken it to the kind of the Star Trek outfits that you see. I think they were like brown and had an insignia type thing, but very handsome couple of this man and the woman. And there was, like I said, it was absolutely silent craft and their hair was not blowing in the wind even. Like there must have been some kind of magnetic protection around them or something to that effect. My brother and I both noticed this and we've never wavered in what we saw. We saw exactly the same thing. We had the same experience and we were delighted, you know, it just looked like the latest exotic technology, <laughs> which, you know, this was the early 60s. So there was a lot of cool things coming out at the time, but I've never seen one of these again. Oh, that is amazing. And so did that change your worldview? Did it cause you to ask questions? Well, it did because it confirmed to me that there's more going on than meets the eye for starters. And I was mentioning there earlier about having these flying dreams. And I was so taken by them ultimately that I wrote my first book, which was a book of fiction called The Dream Illuminati on Falcon Press. Robert Anton Wilson wrote an introduction to that book. Wow. And it was about living your dreams of flying. So the characters in the novel have personal jetpacks that they fly on and they live out their dreams of flying. And what transpired as well is that I grew up a Catholic and I would hear these stories or preachings about Jesus who ascended into heaven, about angels who fly around and so forth. So I did a very in-depth study of Jungian psychology when I was still pretty young, and all these images of flying seem to be symbolic of the energy body or the spirit, the soul. And so I made all those connections in the book. I wrote two books at the time. This was 1988 and 1992. I published a second book in the series, and that was called The Illuminati of Immortality. 
And Robert Anton Wilson wrote another extensive introduction to that. Yeah, that name is a giant in this type of subject. That's it is, amazing. Yes. Well, uh, I dedicated, by the way, The Journey Across Forever to Robert Anton Wilson in memoriam, because he has been such a positive influence on me. And he's deceased now, isn't he? He is, yeah. Yeah, that's too bad. Yeah, what a giant. Oh, my goodness. So your book, The Journey Across Forever, if somebody picked it up, what can they expect to see in that? Well, there are some these personal UFO stories, but I also, like I met Jim Mars, who has written Alien Agenda. Jim had a big influence on me as well with that book. That book was the best-selling book on UFOs, apparently, of all. Colonel John Alexander writes the introduction, or I should say the foreword, to The Journey Across Forever. But in essence, the book, it kicks off with multiple chapters on what we've learned from people who have had near-death experiences. So mm -hmm. I think what's happening with these, with the information we're receiving from these people is that we have a new paradigm for the 21st century, which is that we do live on, we do journey across forever. And the thing that we learn from them is that everybody is welcome and they review their own lives they're not judged harshly or judged at all really typically there's a being of light who might be likened to an angel if you wish who helps you once you make this transition and you have a life review which one of the core things i really highlight in the book is that we not only see our lives once again, but we feel everything we felt during the course of our lives. And even more importantly, we feel how we made other people feel. Yeah. So this is the ultimate karmic moment where it all comes back to you. So live a good life. Do not be abusive. Do not be an angry, harsh critic of others and judging others in harsh ways, because all of that is going to come back. And when we experience that, you want to feel positivity. You want to feel good about the life you've lived. So it's all about karma, really. Reaping what you sow, as the Bible would say. And so that is where things kick off. I do get into the paranormal. Then... But I also talk about things like music being a transcendent medium. Mm -hmm. I talk about my influences. The Beatles were a big influence on me. Bob Dylan, the beat writers, Jack Kerouac's On the Road was a huge inspiration to me. So it's like that. It hits on a lot of fronts. Let's put it that way. That's just it. It does. And so because you get into Aboriginal dream time, you get into consciousness, all of these different topics. So what is your common thread there, Wayne? What ties that all together? What ties it all together is that I think we're on this earth, living the lives we're living in order to become spiritually enriched. So whatever enriches your soul is going to be personal to you. This book reflects you might say the travels and the adventures I've had during the course of my life, which I feel now, you know, many decades into it, that I feel just so enriched by all the experiences I've had. Like you say, 
I lived in Australia, so I did have an experience with the Dreamtime Power Stone, which makes a very interesting story for people to read. I also had an adventure in the Great Pyramid, which is a bit of a thriller story, which I would recommend people read because it's pretty amazing what happened and how things fell together. Synchronicities happen in our life and they are what creates the magic. So you have to watch out for those. You have to take advantage of opportunities when they appear and to not just take life for granted. I recommend finding the miraculous in the mundane and the sacred in the profane, because that is the way to feel fulfilled and to really enrich your soul and your life. Well, and I've lived long enough, Wayne, to know that there's nothing that is just only one thing, right? There's That's right. overlap, there's the ridiculous in the sublime, and then the sublime in the profane. I mean, yeah everything together exactly we're multi-dimensional beings you know and that's as true at the physical level i think as at the spiritual level we have our laughs we have our romances we have tragedies that occur and ultimately of course we have to face our own end but wow i think we're in luck because from tens of thousands of these near-death experiences, the people that have returned thanks to the modern resuscitation methods, they're giving us a very, very positive look into what will probably be our own futures. And it's all open. The free will reigns. No single religion is top of the heap in the afterlife or the hereafter. It doesn't even matter what religion you belong to, apparently. All are welcome, and love is the dominant theme. And it just, you have to review your life and see what you did right, what you did wrong. And apparently, we're just kind of coaxed to say, you know, well, what might I have done better here or there? We're not judged, we judge ourselves. So it really is, I just think it'll be a miraculous, remarkable experience to move on. And, you know, you want to have that kind of attitude because even as you grow older, if you're just thinking you're heading for oblivion, you're going to feel pretty down about things as you get older and you're facing all the infirmities and problems that occur as the physical body declines. Whereas if you have this belief that you're going to continue and that you will actually be like a 30-year-old, once you cross over, instead of a decrepit physical body to deal with any further, like it's what we hear also, it's kind of like the stories of Avalon that the Celts told where everybody is young and they're feasting and myths like that, I think, have a basis in reality. So the near-death experiences go back all the way to Plato, some may know, so... We've heard them across the ages, but now because of the modern resuscitation methods, they're just tens of thousands of them. And I would recommend people, you know, read my book, The Journey Across Forever, because it's full of inspirational information having to do with that. Well, that is wonderful. Recently, I interviewed Raymond Moody, who was the premier researcher on near-death experience. And you're right. Now we hear about them so much more frequently and they're so common and we know so much about what we can expect of course none of us knows precisely 
what we expect because nobody's really crossed over, but they've just dipped a toe in. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Raymond Moody, Colonel John Alexander, who wrote the foreword to my book, he actually has a PhD mm. in that particular field. Like he studied under Elizabeth Kubler Ross. And she, of course, was with new Raymond Moody, and Raymond Moody's the one whose book, Life After Life, kicked the whole thing off. But now there's scores and scores of these books having to do with the near-death experiences. So I do think it creates a 21st century paradigm, really a more, uh, you know, eternal paradigm of the way things probably are. We like to think that we're going to continue. I think it makes for a very positive attitude, if nothing else. Right, exactly. And takes the fear of death out of the equation, too. Yes, exactly. And that's huge. Oh, that's That's huge. We can have some peace about that and know that we go on. Yes, I'm also going to be interviewing Eben Alexander, Dr. Eben Alexander, coming. So um, very exciting. There are so many people who've had this experience. And give us information, bring back information, I think, about consciousness itself, which your book is full of information about consciousness. And yes, I've studied Buddhism very deeply. And I think the Buddha was talking about consciousness primarily and how the world that we subjectively take in is something that is also a projection. So you know, the teaching there is things don't exist from their own side, only a few things, but consciousness is one thing that does exist from its own side, which it's an eternal mm-hmm. mystery, <laughs> but it's un- underpins everything. I mean, without it, who cares, right? You, yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't even have a reflective thought if you didn't have consciousness. One chapter I wrote is called Proof of Consciousness, which is where I get into these savant syndrome people who just astound us when they are able to do things like mathematical things that just make no sense to anybody that is just who's gone to school and like, okay, it's time for math. One man, he was able to delineate pi to 22,000 places, Mm -hmm. and he can barely tie his shoes if he can tie them at all. Or sometimes where there's one young man who had gone to a concert with his mother. He also was a savant, had savant syndrome. And in the night, he just started playing the piano. He'd never had a single lesson, but he played like, I don't know if it was Bach or Mozart or who it was off the top of my head, but he played the same song he had heard. The same, it's just amazing. I mean, to think out of the blue, this person who can barely feed himself could just start playing the piano. So some kind of higher power. We're all connected, I think, to this higher power, this higher consciousness. And I think the human mind is a subunit of this higher consciousness. So there's a oneness to it all. And if we're really staying as aware as we can about things, we will notice, we'll get intuitive flashes, which inspire us to do this or that. And many times in my writing, out of nowhere, I would just get this complete idea with most of the words right there. How many songwriters have you heard have written a song in 15 minutes and it's a super hit? Like Paul McCartney dreamed yesterday and he woke up 
And now it's the most famous song in the world, really. It's been uh, recorded by more artists than any other song in history. And it just came in a dream. So there's a lot in my book about dreams. As I said, I, I had the flying dreams, but also I think I've had experiences in other realms. I've gone to other dimensions in my dreams. And I just highly recommend people keep a dream diary and try to understand things like Jung is an excellent psychotherapist to study because he talks about the symbolism that yeah. dreams have. Like they speak to us in symbols usually. And that's very important for your personal development as a person. Yes, I agree. Now, speaking of dreams, you write about the Aboriginal dream time, and we might have some listeners who've not heard of what this is. Can you explain what it is and what your interaction was with that? Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I don't want to take too much of your time, but I would like to ask you a few simple favors. First of all, please rate, review, and share this podcast wherever you're listening. You know, it sounds like a simple little thing, and it is, but it has a huge impact for us because it helps other people find us in the podcasting algorithms. I don't know how it works, but I do know that it helps a lot. Next, if you would subscribe or follow wherever you're listening, whether that's YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, wherever you're listening, just hit subscribe or follow, and that helps you and it helps us. It helps you because then you receive notifications when we have a new episode that's out. It helps us because, again, algorithm, magic, I don't know what happens but it helps. And then finally, you can support our podcast in a tangible way by going to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast, and then click on support the show. Now we have a new feature too. We are now on Patreon. You can find us on Patreon. You can also find the link to Patreon when you go to radiatewellnesscommunity.com slash podcast. So on Patreon, for $3 a month or $5 a month, you can support your metaphysical and spiritual growth. 
You can learn about upcoming guests and you can get early and ad-free versions of the shows. So please support us. This podcast is free for you to listen, but we have costs and quite frankly, they come out of my pocket. So if you like this content, if you get a lot out of it, please see what you can do to give back. Thank you so much. Yes. The Dreamtime is the Aborigine people of Australia. I think most people know they were pretty isolated for most of humanity's history. Some think that the Aborigines may be as much as 40,000 years on that continent. And they say that we come from the Dreamtime and then we return to it when we die. Mm -hmm. Now, the experience I had, I'll tell in brief, was quite amazing because I was on a holiday in Perth and I was living in Melbourne at the time. This was in the late 70s. And I was driving across the land and it's really huge. You know, the Australia is as big as the continental US. So it's a huge landmass. To drive across, it takes days. I was tired at one point and uh, I just took a random road down to the ocean said, all right, I'm going to set up camp. I'm going to take a break here and just relax for the afternoon. I had one more full day's drive to get back to Melbourne. So I went exploring and there was this cave right at the water's edge, which I just peeked inside and I thought, oh, this, what's in there, you know, <laughs> like you do. But I could see sunlight. So I thought that was a bit mysterious. I said, sunlight. So I crawled in. I had to get down on my hands and knees to crawl in. But basically, when high tide would come, it, this was a blowhole. So it had a hole in the roof of the cave. Oh. But in that patch of light was this oblong stone with crisscrossing bands on it, about as long as my forearm. And I'm an avid collector of rocks and shells and things. So I was really intrigued with this. I said, this is a really cool stone. Uh, I thought that it had been rolled in the surf for thousands of years, probably. And that's why it looked as it looked. And maybe that's true, but there was a lot more to it as I was to find out. Innocently, I took the stone and I drove back to Melbourne the next day and was got there in the late afternoon, took a shower, sat back on the bed to read a book. And at one point I looked up and the room was full of mist, like the whole top of the room around the ceiling and the light that was hanging in the middle of the room was all misted over. And I was really perplexed by this. But then I noticed a spinning spiral near the old Victorian fireplace. Now, the stone was actually laying on the floor there in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a clock beside the bed. So I looked at it. I played with the lighting to see if I was imagining seeing this spiral. The spiral was large. It was like as long as my leg or something like it. It was sizable spiral. And it was just spinning there. Now, for over an hour, I kind of communed with the spiral, wondering what it was, but kind of had the idea that this was a conscious entity of some kind, because at one point it came toward me and spun around inside me like it was checking me out. Oh my goodness. And then it backed up by the fireplace again 
And like I say, for over an hour, I experienced this. And then a car engine outside the house fired up at one point, and this spiral started crackling with energy, and it shot up through the ceiling. Wow. And in an instant, the mist cleared. Now, what happened subsequently is interesting as well, because some Australian friends came over a day or two later, and they said, I think you've got an Aborigine artifact here. Oh. So I'm going, oh, and they're like, you know, it's illegal to take these, to move these from where you find them. Right. I, but I had innocently taken it. So I felt bad about that. But at the same time, like, what are you going to do? You know, <laughs> what happened has happened. But about a week later, I went into this Aborigine shop where there was an Aborigine lady working. They were selling didgeridoos and boomerangs and all these kind of aboriginal things uh, art pieces so i told her about the stone and she said that may be a power stone which i have a friend who's a professor at the university of melbourne and he's half aborigine he would be able to tell us she said bring me the stone and i will take it to him so i did that and sure enough word came back it was an aboriginal artifact it was in fact a chiringa which is a power stone. So an entity of the dream time was residing in this stone. Oh my. Yes. And its shape was just a spiraling energy form. Now the subsequent research I did, I discovered that there are thousands of petroglyphs all over Australia mm -hmm. of spirals. And the Celts as well revere the spiral as a sacred thing. So like if you go to Newgrange on the east coast of Ireland, you will see spirals in rock there at that particular ancient building, which is like reputed to be 5,000 years old. But right at the entrance, there's these spirals in the stone as well as stars and things. Inside the Newgrange edifice is a chamber where there's a triple spiral, which is very famous. Celtic design. Mm -hmm. So the triple shape, you know, mind, body, soul, like there's various interpretations, any threes you could assign there to those. So that's my Aborigine artifact story. And it was quite a mind bending adventure. Oh, I'm sure. Do you feel it was angry? No, not at all. When it checked me out, there was no sense of anything that would give me a bad feeling of any kind. It was just like, it just seemed to be like, okay, I'm checking you out. You're checking me out. I'm checking you out. But at no point did I feel any fear or any kind of negative vibration of any kind. Good, right? Because could... it, it really does make you think or make you realize when you experience something like that, that there are non-physical entities for real, yeah. discarnate figures and it could be related to the afterlife perhaps that's the form we take once we depart the body who knows mm -hmm. dna is fairly spiral shaped right so mm -hmm. i make a lot of these connections in the book and talk about those yeah yes i mean you really do outline so many of your many experiences you write too about religion so yes 
traditional like Christian religion? Well, I grew up a Catholic, as I said, and whatever your earliest upbringing is, you're going to be acculturated into a certain way of thinking. And if we want to really use an even tougher word, we're indoctrinated into a certain way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I think it forms a foundation. And like I always loved the beauty of the church, the stained glass windows and the statues and the angels painted and oh. all of that, the mm-hmm. music. Mm-hmm. It's all very celestial, right? And I appreciate all of that. But I think in the Middle Ages, things got out of hand. Well, it probably started with the Emperor Constantine when he mm-hmm. assembled a group of men, I think 432, or I'm probably going to get that date wrong right now, but it, it was back in those days, might have been 425 or something. And they basically created Christianity in the form that we know it nowadays. The way that we know it. But well- how did things- the Dark Ages really took things to a very negative level. So I talk about spiritual liberation because I don't think those fearful stories of hell and sin and all of this are real. I do not think they're real. We have these descriptions of the afterlife now, which I think are very much a heavenly kind of situation. And you would have to be the worst of the worst to not have a positive experience upon crossing over. So yeah, I radiate spiritual liberation, live spiritual liberation, just free yourself of all this indoctrination and stuff, but find the good at the same time. Robert Anton Wilson introduced me to this notion of syncretism, which is where you take the good from all the spiritual traditions and what works for you is the question. What makes you feel positive and fulfilled and spiritual as a person yourself. So I get into all of that, but I have to say there were crusades, there was the Inquisition, there was horrible tortures, murders, and all of that I'm saying is the Piscean age, which has come and gone. We are now in a new age, which astrologers, of course, call the Aquarian age. And I just think that is We should look to the future. Whatever happened in the past happened, and we can't change that. But we don't have to live in fear, and God is love. So all the negativity, just don't give it, don't feed it any energies is my recommendation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, all of the experiences that you write about in your book do lead to this spiritual liberation. It's all good. We're all one. We do not have to be bound to any one doctrine. We do not have to be bound to any one type of belief that it's literally all good, right? And then you've That's got it. you've got other books as well. Your website, I'm looking at your website now, waynesolomon.com, and that's Solomon with two A's. I'll put the link in the show notes anyway. But um, the Illuminati of Immortality, the Dream Illuminati, a global revolution takes wing. I can't wait to read that. Crimson Firestorm Mars and then Dragonfire Dreams. Wonderful. Um, also on your website, you've got your blog and about page. So lots of great information here. Where can we find your books? Amazon, Barnes and Noble. It's meant to be 
in bookstores, but you know, it was only just launched, so it could be a while before it's actually in bookstores. But I would recommend that you just go on Amazon or the Barnes and Noble websites and order it. I'd love to see reviews of the book and see if it inspires as I hope it inspires. I always like to promote indie bookstores, independent books. Indiebound.org is my favorite place to find independent booksellers and you know, get away from the big corporate bookstores, but anywhere fine books are sold, as they say. Wayne, it's been a pleasure talking with you today. I feel like there's so many topics we could talk about. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Lovely meeting you. Lovely to meet you too. Next book you write, I want to have you back. Well, thank you. All the best to you. (laughs) To you too. Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.